And now, it's the Pixel and Roll Show with Adam McGinnis. Welcome to another edition of the Pixel and Roll Show. We discuss a team about to start training camp on Monday, or Tuesday, your Washington Wizards. Hello everyone, this is Adam McGinnis. It is September 25th, 2016. I have a special treat for everyone on today's show. Ralph Wesley, the PA announcer for the Washington Wizards for the last six seasons, joined me for a riveting conversation about his personal history, his job, the team, funny stuff like Chick-fil-A and Kiss Cam. I think everyone will really enjoy it. So this is my conversation with Ralph Wesley. Joining me today is Ralph Wesley. Ralph, what is up, dude? How are you? Adam, I'm good, man. Thanks for having me. Uh, How was your summer, man? Summer's been good. It's been busy, Uh, you know, being daddy. Uh, but uh, everything's been working out so far. No complaints. You just have you have two little ones. You were just telling me. Yeah, I got two little ones. Uh, first one just turned two, my son. And you know, we, me and my wife, just uh, we also have a four month old, so four month old girl. So I got a boy and a girl, and I think we're good. <laughs> Juice boxes. They sleeping through the night, or what, what's what's the story? <laughs> Oh, my son, my son's pretty good, man. He's, he's, he sleeps through the night. Uh, he sleeps, you know, 10 to 12 hours. Uh, we started early with him. Uh, my daughter, she does pretty much the same. She wakes up to, to, to nurse, but, uh, she's, um, we got to get her out of the bed first. So it'll be a while before we can, uh, get that and I can, uh, have some, some of that room I'm used to. Well, cool, man. Well, well thanks for joining me. Let, let's, let's get into some wizard stuff before we delve into your job and, some of the cool things that I know that you do for, for the Wizards. Just what's your personal background? Well, um, I guess, where, where should I start, man? <laughs> um, well, I was born and raised, well, actually, I was born in Houston, um, but moved here when I was very young. My family was from here. Uh, parents got married. You know, my parents grew up here. And then they moved to Houston, and then they had my, me and my brother there, and then, you know, they moved back here. So I, when I, when we got back here, I must have been – I don't remember much, so I was two. So uh grew up in D.C., uh, in Northeast, still live in Northeast, different uh, different house, of course, <laughs> same, side of the, same side of town, just different house. And, uh, you know, I, I like to say – you know, people ask me, are you born and raised in D.C.? Uh, yeah, I basically am. You know, my, my whole family is from here, and I'm a Washingtonian at heart. Uh, love the city, love the town, love the people. So, you know, went to high school here, went to Carroll, 
Uh, I'm a lion. Play football there. Didn't play basketball. Well, wasn't uh, particularly good at basketball. I left that to my brother. And uh, and then I went on to college at uh, Delaware State. What's that? I'll edit that part out. I'll make sure that it says that you're really good at basketball. <laughs> no, that's all right, man. It's it's the truth. It's, it's the truth. I, I can, uh, you know, you know, just to, you know, just so you know, I in the neighborhood growing up. I was known as uh, Dennis Rodman. I was a Dennis Rodman guy. Not the antics off the court, but on the court. <laughs> purple hair, red hair. No purple hair, no tattoos all over, and no no nose rings or tongue rings or whatever you you, you want to call it. But right, and get those rebounds, set screens. That's what it was about with me. It was all about getting rebounds and and and, and blocking shots and 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 playing defense. That's what I was good at. Oh, nice. And then you said you went to Delaware State? Is that what you mentioned? Delaware State, yeah. Delaware State, uh, uh, the Hornets. Hornets! <laughs> um, um, that's that's really where I started to figure out what I wanted to do. I had an idea what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to get into broadcasting. And then I kind of fell out of love with news because I felt news was so fabricated and it was so short and, and compact and you really couldn't tell the whole story. And... Um, so I, I started exploring other things, you know, and, and I, you know, I thought I had a pretty good voice. So why not try to use that? Fan of the Bullets, of the Wizards growing up or any other NBA team? A- absolutely. Absolutely. Growing up, uh, of course, of course, you have uh, a, a somewhat of a, 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 I would say. Lean times for that organization, by the way. It, it was. It was. So you had to find other teams that you that you kind of looked up to, of course. Jordan was the guy, of course. I mean, everybody, you know, whether you liked him or not, you wanted to see him win or you didn't mind seeing him win for a lot of people. Um, I'm sure you can speak to that as well. And uh, but I also liked uh, in, in high school when I saw the first time I saw Kevin Garnett, it was like uh man, man crush. It was a man crush. Definitely a man crush because the highlights they showed of him coming out of high school, they weren't just. You know, Duncan and, and alley-oops. He was blocking shots. He was running the floor. He was passing. And I, and I thought, wow, this guy's different. Um, So I was a huge, huge Kevin Garnett fan. Now, what, what, any bullets that you remember? Oh, of course. I remember all the bullets, you know, going back to, of course, uh, Tracy, Tracy Murray, <laughs> uh, Calvert Chaney, Rod Strickland, uh, even going back further than that, Tom Gugliotta and, 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 and those guys. I mean, there, there wasn't too much to speak of, but those are the guys as you remember. Like, you know, of course, you learn more about these players when you play video games. You don't learn how to play basketball, but you learn more about the players playing video games. And I could never play with the Bullets because everybody was so slow and it, it was just bad. So, so, you know, you wanted to play with the home team, but gosh, you know, everybody would, you know, the ratings were so low. Do you remember any James? I think it was Gooby Nada. I'm trying to think who the other two bullets were on. Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Who were the other two bullets on NBA Jam? Wow, that's a trivia question. They were bad. I remember they were bad. Yeah, they were bad. If you were bad at NBA Jam, something's saying, that's saying something about you, man. I played a lot with Pippen, and then I, pl- I remember playing with, like, Alonzo and Larry Johnson with the Hornets. Oh, of course. That was fun. That was a lot of fun. Kemp and Peyton for the Sonics. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, see, Kent and Peyton, you know, those are another, those are another team that, you know, you really like to watch 
uh, uh, play Peyton. And then I like to watch the Pacers a lot, Reggie Miller. Um, but you know, they weren't the home team. I always had the home team, but because, you know, those, those, those are some down years. I'll say down decades now. Um, that you had to find another team that you, you know, kind of liked looking at, but you didn't root for too much. You had to find players that you really like, you know? De- definitely. I mean, I grew up in Nebraska and I was no, no NBA teams and I was a magic guy. I liked magic over bird. And oh yeah. Michael over the Pistons and the bad boys. I didn't like them. <laughs> See, man, you were you were in Middle America, so it's like you know you, you had you had a lot of pick, you had a lot to uh, choose from, man. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And then then of course I'm, I'm a Washingtonian myself. I've lived here for about 13, 14 years, and and you know then I become a Wizards fan. And my dad actually was a Bullets fan growing up. Randomly, wow. I still have some cred of uh, that going back. You know, I love I love Chris Webber and you know the Black Sox in Michigan and James. Oh, absolutely. Five. And so then him being on the Bullets, you know, before they tragically. Trade him away, which is another podcast I ran it for an hour and a half, which we won't get into. But I want to talk about you going back. So how did you, you talked about how you were in news and you wanted to get into the voice because you had a good voice. How did you get involved in, in this type of business? So I'll tell you what. One day we were in, we were sitting in class. I was, in, you know, I was studying mass, mass communications and there was a non-traditional student in there. His name was Daryl. Non-traditional being, he was much older than all of us. You know, he was, I guess he was in his 40s at the time. Real nice guy. And he would always, always laugh at my jokes, man. I mean, he was, he was a, he was a real heavy cigarette smoker. So, so when his, his, when he laughed, it's like, it was like this infectious laugh. He was wheezing hard and, but he always laughed at my jokes. And, um, so we, we kind of built a, you know, you know, in class relationship, if you will. And we were sitting around the table one day and we were going around you know, the class and saying, you know, what what our immediate goals were. Uh, of course, career goal, career goal, career goals and then uh, our immediate goals. So my immediate goal was to say, hey, you know, I think I can um, I think I can announce those basketball games. Because I was going to the basketball games and I was saying and I was thinking to myself, man, I can do that. And there was this one guy on the team. His name was. um Sergey, Sergey Stepanyapanich, or something like that. This is Delaware State's basketball game. Yes, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, Delaware State University. Uh, so his name was Sergey Stepanyapanich, yeah, something like that. And the guy, the guy, the, the announcer at the time, his name was Omar. I mean, we're actually good friends today. Uh, he, he used to say Sergey. I said, "Wow, man, I could do that," but. It, it, but it, you know, it kind of it, it was kind of um, it kind of took me back to earlier in my uh, in my teenage years when we used to play basketball. I mean, play NBA Live, and the, the guy you know you, hear, you would hear the announcer in the background scream out the names, and I'm like, <laughs> and me and my brother used to have a lot of fun with that. We would play with our friends, and I would like commentate the game while they were playing it. We would put the game on mute, and I would you know I would commentate, commentate the game at the same time, do play by play, and then. I would I would probably do some uh, you know some I would probably announce the scores as well you know I'll just have fun with it. I was just playing around so we were sitting in back to back to the the class and you know Daryl said you know Ralph I think you can do that too I know the guy you who you should talk to so he gave me the uh, uh, the sports information director Dennis Jones he gave me his uh, information I went to go see Dennis Dennis said hey look come out to a baseball game because it was baseball season during the, that time. He said, come on to a baseball game. We'll see what you got. I, I, Dad, I had no idea, you know, how you would call it. 
a baseball game. I wasn't a real baseball fan at the time. You know, we didn't have we didn't have a baseball team. So I grew up I grew up, you know, it was it was the Orioles, but you know, you would only like them, you know, to a point. <laughs> and you know, the glory years with me were with with Cal. And you know, at that at that time Cal was gone. So I I had little knowledge of what baseball was about, but you know, I said, you know, the heck with it. I'll try it. So I get there and he says, "Hey, just do this." Now to bat Nick Johnson and I said, "Okay, oh, I can do that. All right." And I'm shaking. I'm nervous. It's mind you, it, it's it's nobody yet. It's nobody there. There's probably five people at the stadium. And so I get on and I say, "Now batting for DSU, Nick Johnson." And everybody's kind of quiet in the press box, and I'm like, I'm nervous. I'm I don't want to look at anybody. I don't want to, see, you know. <laughs> so I look around. I look over my shoulder, and everybody's kind of got their jaws dropped. They're like, Wow. That was pretty good. And Dennis, I remember Dennis saying, Dennis is a mentor uh, of mine still to this day. Uh, I remember Dennis saying, he said, man, we got ourselves an announcement. I was like, wow, just like that? He's like, hey, man, come to all the games that you want, and we, we, we'll talk about doing football and basketball. I was like, wow, really? And so that's where it kind of got started. And I got out, you know, the next season with my sophomore season, and I started doing football, and I started doing uh, basketball and you know it kind of took off from there and that's where I really had a chance to experiment and do a lot of different things a lot of things you would not see me do today or hear me hear me do today but you know because I loved the school and I loved sports and I loved football and I loved basketball a lot so the passion was there and it, it just made it easier for me to you know all my friends who came to the games so I was having fun and, you know, yeah, I was, I was, you know, people thought I was good at it. So I took it from there. So, so Nick Johnson is what birthed it all, huh? I, 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 it, it, I think, I think it could have, it was either Nick Johnson or Nate Babcock. And I don't, I don't like saying Babcock's name because, you know, people are like, what? Wait, what? <laughs> but it, it was one of those, if I remember correctly. I can, I can just picture, like, the six people at the baseball game looking at you, like, mic dropped and you just sweating, thinking you did something bad, right? <laughs> Man, I was nervous. And how did you go about getting involved with the Wizards? I so, you a tri- uh, there's a trial, right, that you did? Yeah, so, yeah, so, you know, there's kind of a backstory to that. First, uh, in 2007, I was working um, at uh, one of the local radio sports stations, and I was working part time on one of the shows and I was just hanging around after the show. Just, you know, I was just always around learning new things. And one of the managers comes out and says, hey, Ralph, you do announcing. I'm like, yeah. He said, the Mystics are looking uh, for a backup tomorrow for tomorrow's game. Are you available? I said, yeah. Why not? Yeah. I was like, wow, this is great. So I get there and, you know, again, I'm nervous until, you know, until I make, you know, first couple of announcements. And then, you know, I'm just like, you know, alter ego kicks in and, you know, I'm, I'm announcing, I'm doing my thing. So and they, they liked what I did. And um, the, the guy next to me, Wade, who I still know this to this day, you know, you never forget people when you, when you, when you're first time and everything, Wade, Wade was on headset. He was my assistant that day, my PA assistant. And Wade says, man, everybody on headset is like, who is that guy? He is nice. So, you know, that was encouraging to me. So, you know, the mystics called me back and said, look, 
if you want to be a PA assistant the next season, you know, you're, you're welcome to it. So, oh, it's like, great. And then on top of that, you, you know, as a PA assistant, you'll be able to do, you'll be, you'll be the backup for, you know, the announcer at the time. I said, oh, great. You know, so that's how I got in and I got to sit there and I got to watch Kevin, the uh, former announcer. And I learned a lot of things from him, learned what to do, what not to do, you know, things like that. And he taught me a lot uh, just about pro, the pro level. And uh, things just kind of really worked out. And, you know, next thing I know, I was I was the official announcer of the Mystics in 2000 for the 2010 season. And then after the right before the season was over, the Wizards gig opened up. And they said they're going to have auditions. And they, you know, of course, I threw my hat in the ring. And, you know, I beat out, I guess, well, you know, 200 people, I guess, something like that. I don't remember. I did some research because I know people doubt that I actually do research on this podcast. But I actually do. And, and Kyle, Mr. Truth About It, that I write with on the site, the main editor, he actually covered your trial. And I looked it up. It was 220 people wow. and 16 finalists. So wow. there you go, man. Yeah, that, it was, um, I remember the day I was actually not feeling well. So I was like, gosh, everything's working against me right now. But, uh, you know, I had my special concoction of tea, uh, herbal tea. And, uh, and, you know, I was, I was drinking that and I, I didn't, I didn't do much talking that day, uh, in, in preparation for it. And, uh, that, I think that video is still out there that Kyle posted. I don't know if it was, it was, yeah, it, it's, it's got a lot of views too. Yeah, it is. So you nailed it. It happened. So tell me when they finally said, "Okay, hey, you're you're the guy." Well, they tried to they tried to draw it out a little bit, and I, I thought it was cute <laughs> with Ted and company. I thought it was cute that you know they they tried to draw it out like the next day. It's like a reality show or some shit. <laughs> right, right, right. It was like a reality show, and you know we'll be back tomorrow with the uh, with the with the winner. You know, it's like wow, really. Um, but you know, there was, there was some solid competition and, you know, I really enjoyed watching other guys try out, you know, some of the, some of the guys I knew just in the community, uh, of announcers and, you know, that I, that I, you know, or, or, or when I heard them, I was like, Oh, that's, that's so-and-so. Oh, I know who you are. So I was like, wow, that's stiff competition. And some guys that were doing reads, you know, they did, you know, they did reads. I thought, wow, he's doing reads really well, but he's struggling, on you know his excitement you know calling names out so there was some there was some tug and pull i'm sure with some of the judges and so it came down to i think it was uh three of us three or four of us uh which i you know then and and they said they said well well ralph are you comfortable with us you know making our decision tomorrow i was like sure you know fine make your decision and we'll probably give you a phone call or, or, or whatever if, if, if you if you hear from us. Did you not sleep and just be on your phone all night? Oh man, I, I actually slept because because I felt confident in in, in how I auditioned. You know, I, I know, I know. I, I was kind of like I was kind of like you know you play you play a football game and they say you know I left it all on the field or you play basketball you know, I left everything out on the court but I left everything out there so I felt pretty confident in myself and if what if it wasn't good enough that that's that's great you know I'll move on to the next thing but you know it's something that I really wanted it's something I kind of you know yeah it's kind of cliche but you know I dreamed of so um I, I the next day was actually election day in the city in D.C. and I was helping a friend out with his campaign. And I'm actually at one of the polling stations when I get the phone call and uh, they say, hey, Ralph, you want you want the gig? I said, yeah, absolutely. 
Uh, so that's that's how it ended up, and you know they put out a press release, and uh, that that was it. it was, next thing you know, it was in, it was in the paper, but I didn't really tell anybody. I didn't even tell anybody I was auditioning for it. Exactly. That, that 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 was my that was my that was that was how I was thinking about it. How has this job just evolved over over the years? You know, just kind of a big picture you know, look at how you now are in and your seven seasons and your ups and downs or just your kind of summarizing your experience being the Wizards PA guy for the last six seasons. Well, overall my, my experience has been, has been just great. Fantastic. Uh, from the fans and the staff, um, you know, players, everything, everything's been great. Everybody's been, you know, nice and genuine. Um, and, and for the most part, um, I've gotten a lot of great feedback from people. And, you know, you look for that, you know, if you, if you feel like you're, if you're, if you're out there and you're playing, you, you want feedback and you want to, you want, you want, you want to feel like, you know, what you're doing is right. And, and, and when people start to, um, you know, recite some of the things you say and, and they see you in the hallway and they're saying, what, what, and, you know, that, that stuff like that makes you feel great inside and it makes you, um, it, it helps your confidence. It, you know, not to say that it's lacking or anything, but it, it, it really, uh, affirms some things for you. Um, and, you know, but, but through the years, it's everything's, everything's been great. You know, no, no, no real complaints. Uh, there's been, you know, there's been pretty good, there's been some pretty good stability, uh, management wise, uh, with, with certain people that you know are going to be there. Um, there's been some turnover, of course, as, as in any organization. Um, and, and, you know, to be, to start out with, you know, John and in his rookie season and watch him evolve and, and watch myself evolve and, and, and just the comfort comfortability that I've, that I've had over the years. You know, I feel way more comfortable doing, doing, uh, certain reads and, and, and like, uh, timeouts and just the speed of the games. And that's one thing that a lot of people don't understand. Catching up with the speed of like the, it's become more natural. Dude, the, in, in the beginning, like even when I went from NCAA to doing the Mystics, the speed was different. It, it was it was much faster, and the referees are the catalyst of that speed. Not just the players, but the referees, because you have to look to the referees for calls and um and, and certain and certain things, and you have to you have to do a lot of communication with them. And they're not necessarily worried about you too much, so you really have to these cues, uh, because some of their hand signals you're like, wait, what, 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 what. Uh, but, uh, just, just the speed of the game, it's really, and then, and then when I got, and got, got with the Wizards, it, it was, it was lightning fast. And I really had to, you really have to take a deep breath and you have to say, all right, everybody at the scores table has been through this where the game just kind of moves fast for them. And you just really have to pay attention. There's a lot of things going around you. There's 18,000 people to look at. And you just, you just really want to concentrate on the 10 guys on the court plus the referees. That's what you really want to concentrate on. Not to mention as the announcer, what's going on with game entertainment. And so just, just that, just evolving into, you know, relaxing and not doing too much as an announcer and really feeling the game and, and the flow of everything and, 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 and the attitude of the crowd and feeding off that. That that is really what uh, a lot of people don't know about public address announcers and and how that works. 
And I feel really comfortable these days and, and everything's kind of second nature. And not to say that it wasn't before, but, you know, the adjustment really had to be there early on. So, so Rob, what you're telling me is that you got to zero in on the refs, the 10 players, what's going on, because you got to talk that. But then also you've got the, when there's a timeout, you got all the reads, you have, you have, to have in-game entertainment. So you have to zone in on the game action, but then also be aware of what's going on in the arena, too, at the same time. Yeah, I mean, you're you're actually the only person when you come to when you really think about it. I'm the only person who really has to concentrate on both. Both, right? You know what I mean? And and that that's you know that that's that's a lot of weight because people are listening to you for 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 the call on the floor. A lot of people know basketball, but a lot of, you know, the casual fan doesn't know basketball. And there's some people that really can't see what's going on. So when those refs blow that whistle. And they come over and they're giving you a hand signal. Every ref has a different hand signal. Every ref has a different way of how they want to um, signal the number of the player that the foul is on. You know what I mean? And some some refs come over and they really want to explain things to you. And and with the reviews these days, oh, the reviews. You, you really have to. The NBA really wants you to get the reviews. When you look through the rule book, they really want the announcer to get the reviews right. And there's certain words that they want you to use as there's verbiage that they give you that um, you have to use. And Ralph, the TV people can't get the reviews right. And they got replay. And they got right. And they got assistance and a truck guy. And it's just you. Yeah. Solo, right? Yeah. And, and I mean, when, when the reps come over, you know, they're, they're, they're obligated to tell everybody at the table, what the floor on the call, what the call on the floor is rather. And some refs don't do that. So you're kind of reaching over and, you you, you know, before they put on a headset, you got to say, what, what's the call on the floor? What's the call on the floor? Because people don't know what you just blew the whistle for. And everybody's just ref. I mean, some of the coaches don't know. Players don't know. What's, what's going on? You just stop the game. And, you know, you really want to get the call on the floor. Some some refs don't do that and some refs do. And then, you know, while you're trying to figure that out, you know, the people back in, in the control room running game entertainment are like, hey, let's go. We got we got this uh, we got this read coming up. We got two, three reads. And I'm like, wait, we got to get this call. And then sometimes you have to squash that and, and you got to go over the reads. And sometimes you get dry reads that you've never seen before. And you're scrambling. Oh, wow, I'm not, and, you, and you start off real slow. Ladies and gentlemen, the 2016-17 single game tickets are on sale now. And you're like, I've never seen this before. And you don't want to mess up on a dry read, but it's a dry read. So, you, you, you know, you got to take Take your time. Um, and, and things are moving really fast. And at the same time, while you're reading that, you, you're trying to, you know, the ruling on the floor has come through um, while, you know, they've talked to the guys in Jersey and, and they've come through and they're saying they're talking to you while you're reading. And you're like, wait, wait a second. You know, those things you really have to you really have to think about. And there's a lot of things you're juggling at the same time. Because in these reviews, they can go two to five to ten minutes. and That's dead time. Right. In yeah. the arena. So you have to talk. Right, you right. have to feel that dead time somehow, right? right? Yeah, there's pros and cons, you know, to being. Um, so with the Wizards, it's a lot. It's a, it's a little different than some arenas. Not every arena has in arena hosts. Um, you know, I would say about maybe thirty five, maybe forty five percent of the league has actually has in arena hosts. Maybe more. I'm probably missing some. Um, so they 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 also take the load for some of the marketing, re, some of the marketing and 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 fan interaction, which is great. Um, but I tell you, man, uh, you know, a lot of the stuff hinges on what you say and when you say it, because everybody's looking at you. And, 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 and you know, a lot of times, you know, Buck and, and, and Chenier and, and Dave and Glenn 
are looking to me for for the ruling on the floor or the call on the floor because now that they're so far away at at, at least at home, you know. Uh, and I'm referring to Steve Buckhans and Phil Chenier, who do the TV broadcast with CSN and and the radio play by play. Dave Johnson and Glenn Consor. Yeah, let me know, Ralph. Ralph, obviously you're right on the scores table at the mini, and the Wizards no longer. It's been a couple of seasons. They have Buck and Phil and Dave, the radio and TV guys, on the lower level, up top on the lower level. So no longer right. on the court. So that's what you're referencing. Right. That's what I'm referencing. And so they're looking to me for for the calls a lot, and you know that. There's a lot of weight on your shoulders for that. And you want to get it right, and you want them to relay that message not to all, not not only to the people in the in the arena, but people watching on TV. So um, you you just don't want anything to go uh, unnoticed or or unsaid. And you know, I was taught a long time ago: if you don't know, don't say anything. And I but I, I don't like to get there. But you know, sometimes I just I can't say anything because those things weren't certainly communi- yeah, weren't weren't uh, communicated to us. So, so take me through your pregame preparations. Like, what, what's the day like for Ralph Wesley before this game starts? Because we, we've discussed about what goes on during the game, but like, what's your pregame? You know, when you're preparing for uh, a Wizards Raptors Wednesday night. <laughs> <laughs> I guess during the day you drink. I mean, I'm a voice guy, so I try to take care of my voice, and especially on game days because your voice can get really stressed. And any professional voice person will tell you. Don't scream. Don't ever scream. And don't ever raise your voice. Doesn't work for me. So I got to do what I got to do, you know? Ralph, uh, you have two little ones? That's that's going to be dicey. Yeah, yeah, very dicey. Stop, stop. No, no. Stop, stop, stop. You have to do it really slow, (laughs) like really low. Right, right, right. So on game days, I'm drinking room temperature water, of course. And then when I get to the arena, I have uh, some herbal tea that I use that, that uh, is especially good for your throat. I, I don't leave home without it. And, um, you know, I mix it up just an hour before uh, uh, we go on, before uh, the door doors open. And I start drinking it about 20 minutes before doors open. And, you know, I drink it real slow to the point where everybody's walking over like, what are you drinking? Why are you drinking that so slow? What is it? You know, what is that whiskey in there? No, no, it's just it's just some tea that you really have to take your time and drink. And, you know, it's honey in there. And, and you know, and before that, I do some facial exercises and some uh, uh, some real simple vocal exercises that I do just to get myself prepared while going over the script and um, and, and preparing. So, you know, that that's really what it what it's all about. And, you know, some people have I'm sorry, I almost knocked over my mic here. Some people have. Uh, some superstitions. I don't really have any superstitions. You know, you just have your way of doing things. And this is, you know, once at, at five 30, you do this at five 30, you got your, uh, for seven o'clock tip, you got your, uh, uh, game entertainment meeting and you go in there and we, we do our, uh, we, we have our meeting and we do our breakdown and I do a breakdown. You know, it, it varies from game to game, of course. And we put it, put everybody's fist in and we say, you know, one, two, three, something, you know, whatever, wherever it is. And we have fun with that. You know, it's kind of a, um, a camaraderie thing, you know, amongst uh, uh, staff and get back to the table and I'm drinking tea and, you know, I'm going over the script and it, it, it's nothing really special that you would go ha ha ha. But one thing that everybody likes is my mic check. So about 15 or 10 minutes before uh, doors open, I do a, a mic check and I've been doing this ever since my Delaware State days. And it all kind of started out as a really just a, a real mic check. And I'll go one, one. 
one one and it kind of developed into something everybody was looking for and it and it became a routine um and i still do that today and you know staff doors aren't really open yet so but everybody that knows uh knows of uh, the mic check uh is uh you know is is basically everybody that works in the arena everybody for the team players expected you know sam cassell was a big fan of it when he was here and you know those are the things that I look I look forward to, but it, I I got to get that mic check in. It, it kind of it 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 warms up my voice, and that's what it's mostly all about. Everybody, some people just thought it was like a thing for for fun, but it it, it is kind of fun, but it also warms up my voice, and and it's a way for me to get ready. It's funny you mentioned the routine because I've covered I've been covering the Wizards since two thousand nine two thousand ten. Similar parallels to yourself, and I can tell you John Wall's routine. Verbatim, like pregame, what he does. In the, like I can tell you, multiple players, most of them are gone. Who they warm up with, what they do after they warm up, what they do in, in the warm up, warm ups. Wow. Uh, what, what the handshakes, who they talk to, who they do this, do these things. <laughs> and the thing is, like in a weird way, like I have my own routine of covering all these games. Wow. And one of my routines is to almost always record the pregame introduction. There's one thing is going to an NBA game that you don't really get to see watching it. Like we you know like we watch on TV, or maybe once in a while they might show the a, a, yeah, play, a blip of the main player coming in or but but yeah. for the most part you never see pregame introductions. And and the part of it that I always like personally is there's this sense of optimism. Like it doesn't matter if you lost ten games in a row. <laughs> you know, like you're like this you is feel it, right? Yeah. Like you feel this there's a pageantry about it. The lights go down. The music comes in. They put the, you know, I'm always recording what's on the Jumbotron. The fans are into it. It doesn't matter who they're playing, whether it's a game they're favored by 20 or, or you know, or a big underdog. Or All that matters is, like, in that little moment, it's like, damn, this game's about to start. This is NBA basketball. This is the highest level. This is this show. It's like entertainment. There's an entertainment facet of it. And then when it comes where the pregame introductions, you go through the names, the, the handshakes, like there's all this stuff, that the music and the announcements, and I get an excitement and a thrilling feeling about it. Now, you're, this is your time to shine here, Ralph. And, and what I'm wondering is, what's that like for you personally? Do you have similar feelings, no matter how many times you've done it? Do you have something like every time you do it, you're like, damn, that, that, that was sweet. Yeah, you know, the unfortunate thing is for me, and it, it, I'm, I'm a team player. You know, the unfortunate thing for me is that, you know, I don't really get to do the home team, uh, uh, uh starting lineups. They, they leave that to, uh, the hype man or the, uh, one of the, uh, in arena hosts. Rodney does them, right? That's right. Yeah, Rodney does them. Rodney's my you've guy. Done before, Rodney, Rodney. You've done it before, though, right? Yes, no, absolutely. And we actually, you know, my first game that I, you know, they gave me the chance to do it, you know, as a, as a new announcer and <laughs> had a lot of fun with it. Next thing I know, ended up on SportsCenter <laughs> the next day. We're talking you about know, Dougie? What's that? The Dougie? John Wall's Dougie? Yeah, 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 yeah. I had no idea what was going on because I was so focused on not messing up, <laughs> trying to make that first that first impression for everybody. I have multiple videos that I've created. I've interviewed the players about that John Wall Dougie. I wrote a million words about how that fallout of a radio show, talk show yeah. that I don't want to talk about. But that was your actual first call. That was your first call. That was that was my first game, and um, that was the first Wizards starting lineup I got to do. 
and it was John Wall's debut. It was my debut. I mean, nobody cared about my debut, but you know, it was John Wall's debut. He was the new face of the franchise. And, and I, and next thing I know, you know, you know, I turned, I turned to, uh, turned to the game ops manager and he's like, yeah, John Wall just did a dance. I was like, what, what happened? I missed it. <laughs> and, and the next day I wake up and I'm getting text messages and, oh man, heard you on sports. And I was like, sports center. Really? Wow. Okay. And, and it was, it was kind of, it was, it was, it was cool. It was cool, man. And, and those videos are still out there today. Pre-game introductions, though, do you, do you feel, do you have similar feelings of just, okay, maybe if you don't even do them or when you've done them, what that, that experience is like, it's oh, man. on the staff. I think it's pretty damn cool. Just being on headset and hearing, well, I'm not on headset anymore, but knowing what goes on on headset and, and, and how everything is coordinated and how things can get really crazy behind the scenes. And but to see it all come together with the lights going out and then the, the opening video and then the fans screaming and that that really gets you amped up for the game. So I don't care. Just like you were saying, I don't care what was going on. I don't care if we're favored by 20 or we're 20 point underdogs, you know, for, for that for that short moment, for those, you know, three, three, three or five minutes. You know, it, it's all it's all or nothing right there. <laughs> you know, it's it's game time. It's it's time to play some ball. And, and and you know, when the lights come on, you know, especially in 2010, it was a completely different story <laughs> that season. But uh, when the when the lights come on, you know, you know, it's 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 go time. And and we got another. Um, but but you know, I only get to do the, the the visitors, which is which I I enjoy because I really get to draw those names out and. <laughs> But, you know, I, you know, I wish, I wish, I wish, I, I wish, you know, there were, you know, I would still have the opportunity to do the home team. But, you know, I'm a team player and Rodney does a great job at what he does. And, you know, but if he's, if he's there and if he's not there and, and I, I'm in my seat, you know, I'll take over. So. Yeah, is there any names that uh, you struggle with that, that come to mind or any, and, and also any names that you enjoy saying more than others? No, no, no names that I really uh, struggle with, but. You know, of course, there are there are some names. You know, I, I think my my all time favorite up to this point was Paul Pierce, um, uh, because it was so unique. I even had the uh, the uh, the um, the uh, New York Mets announcer tweet me, and he was like, "Wow, never heard uh, Paul's name said that way." And I was like, "Well, that's the whole point." <laughs> Can you give it to me? I have to ask, right? Um, yeah. So it was kind of like I don't you know, um, Paul Pierce. Of course, I didn't warm up, so. But it was it was different, and I I, t- I took video of it uh, uh, one time, and and I think it was his, one of his last games I was able to do. Uh, but it it uh, like Paul Paul was great, you know. Javale McGee, say what you want about him, but I love saying his name as even as as infrequent as I, I got a chance to say it. Um, who else? Of course, of course, Wall Wall is Wall is a lot of fun. And I mean, there there are a couple others, but you know, Paul Pierce and John Wall, those names really stand out. And Nene, of course, Nene was really fun. And hmm. yeah, man, I'm I'm sure there's some others, but you know, the ones that really stand out: Nene Wall, uh, Paul Pierce, uh, Javale McGee, and uh, there was one more, of course. John Vesely. Yeah, I, was, I, was to, I was about to make Jan Vesely best friends. Jan was fun, man, because when Jan actually scored, it was it was a highlight. But, uh, <laughs> it was a, you know, there was a lot of bricks right? in between there. <laughs> it was usually some high fly dunk too, right? So you could usually get into it because he sure yeah. wasn't making a jumper. 
<laughs> oh, yeah, one making, one making a jumper. No, never that. You know, missing the foul shots, man. Wow, East. He was that. So what, what, what would you say that your catchphrase is? Uh, my catchphrase um, is probably, I, I would have to say and one. When uh, when there's a when there's a three point play on the floor, and it's got to be real quick. You got to know when that when that you got to know basketball, of course. And you know, and being an announcer, you have to know basketball. And when when the when the referee blows that whistle, you got to know what he's calling right away when do you, when you get that and one because the, the crowd is the crowd is going to be like the crowd's going to know. You know that it's it's a possible three point play, and when he holds up that arm, and one, you know you want to you want to hit it right away, and then you get to say the player the whoa, you get to say player's name, and it's like uh, it kind of all flows. So, a lot, uh, you know, a lot of people look to that, you know, and you know, for catchphrases, you really want to feed off what fans like, and you know they'll 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 come up to you and say, uh, or or like. During the end, during the end one, yeah, while they're at the free throw line, I kind of say, "Wall at the line shooting one." I kind of draw that out too. A lot of people like that. You know, there's multiple things, and there's some new things that I want to roll out, um, but I haven't got the chance to do it. But I think this season, um, there's some new things that I want to roll out. I want to put a, you know, I just I'll, I'll say this. I don't know if it's going to happen yet. You know, there's some things we got to talk about, um, and. Uh, but there's some reverb that I want to put on there. So when, you know, when it, when I say certain calls, that there's kind of like an echo behind it. So like, give me an example. Uh, what, what do you think? So <clears throat> I, you know, I don't I don't want to say it yet, and I want to give too much away. I want to I want to I want to keep that suspense going. Um, but if I were to say something like on the floor, 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 you know, it would be something like that. So. You can you know, you know, really subtly the quiet where people wouldn't even really know that you're doing it after a while, in a way. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, I've actually done it myself sometimes because I, <laughs> I felt like that was like the right timing to do something like that. Um, but it's going to take some coordination with the sound guys and a lot of a lot of stuff. You know, they're really going to have to pay attention. Um, there's there's some there's some other arenas that do it. Some other announcers uh, that that do it in, in the NBA and they utilize it. You know, effectively, and you know, I'm looking, I'm looking to do the same thing, not to copy them or anything, but it's something, it's an element that I think uh, Verizon Center would really benefit from. Yeah, definitely. The, the ones that come to me uh, is the John Wall, maybe <laughs> just because John Wall is just always scoring or doing amazing plays, yeah. that like you're saying it so much. So maybe that's yeah. not really your main catchphrase per se, but it's just you're, who's scoring the buckets or who's making these plays is usually John Wall. And then with the dime, I'm like with the dime. Yeah, yeah. You know, I kind of left that out. You know, of course, <laughs> of course, Wall. Wall is a signature was is a signature call that everybody knows. I actually had um, a couple years ago. One of the uh, one of my managers contacted me and said, "Hey, look, uh, can you record you saying John Wall, one of our season ticket holders, one of the VIP season ticket holders, wants it for for the ringtone?" <laughs> I thought that was kind of funny. Of course, I, I did it. Of course, I never knew who it was or who it turned out to be, but I did it. And you know, um, of course, the dime, the dime is the dime is really one of my favorites because um, I actually came up with it. You know, I try to be as original and organic as possible. So the dime is really one of one of the fun ones, and everybody's like. 
but some people don't know what I'm saying. So I really have to, uh, uh I really had to, in the last couple of years, I really had to start, uh, enunciating that because people say, what is, what is the Dom when you say that? What is the Dom? I'm like, oh, they don't get the slang. They don't get the slang. Some people. No, I, no, and I have to tell them, like, look, you know, the, the, the dime saying the dime is like a street term for an assist. And they're like, oh, I never, never knew that. Well, come on, man. You can tell the people that really kind of don't know basketball and the people that just kind of want, you know, want to be there to have fun. Um, uh, but yeah, the, the dime is, is one of the ones, you're right, Adam. That's, that's one of the ones I'm really, uh, uh, uh happy about. Well, what's funny is that, uh, on truth about it, you know, covering this team, we get to come up with fun stuff like nicknames. And I'll take credit yeah. for, uh, you know, calling Bradley Beal Big Panda. It's one of the things I can't really put on my resume, even though I should. <laughs> See, like, I, I was the one that got Big Panda, like, where people would say it. Even called him Bow Bow Panda as well. And then, <laughs> and then Bradley Beal bought, like, a panda necklace. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, and Look Paul at Pierce. you, man. Oh, yeah, Paul Pierce. You know, I've seen that before, right? Yeah, yeah. So and Paul cool. Pierce called him Big Panda. And of course, I wrote that up on the internet. But another one of our colleagues, John Townsend, came up with Optimus Dime, and and we did a we did a photo shop of, of one of the Transformers with Optimus Dime, and a guy on ESPN actually said it. He says there's a new nickname called one of the announcers on Sports Center called John Wall Optimus Dime. I hey man, I might I might use that man, um, but I, I I wouldn't use that I wouldn't use that in in the game per se, but. Um, you know, kind of in the, in the replays, one of the plays of the night. And, uh, uh, those are, that's where I would probably use that. Like, you know, saying, you know, calling March the, uh, you know, the Polish hammer, Polish machine, hammer, you know, whatever. And, you know, those, those are the areas where you use that. Yeah, he was big panda as well. We were also calling Kelly Oubre, uh, uh, pony bro for my little pony because of his hair. <laughs> <laughs> Kelly, see, Kelly, Kelly's got to earn it, man. He hasn't earned it yet. So, uh, I'm hoping. This season is, is a really a, a breakout season for Kelly, and as, as everybody is. That is right. Commercial break. I have a sponsor, Sneakis, S-N-E-K-I-S, dot com, DC, DMV, sports apparel. Go to the website. Check out the really cool t-shirts, designs, hoodies, onesies, hats. Hook your friends up. Hook your girl up. Hook yourself up. And at checkout, put in Pixel and Roll and get 10% off your order, and also in the process, you help support this independent wizard media. All right, now back to the show. Let's, let's talk about this team. Uh, disappointing. Um, it just says, you know, we had, just like everybody else, coming off a of playoff season, um, you were expecting a lot more from the team. And early on, you saw that it just wasn't going to happen. There were some things missing. And we, we can blame it. Uh, on on injuries, but there's there's a lot of teams that have injuries, but we just didn't see the fight out of the team that we were looking for. And e- even if there were players injured, even if you were down a few men, you still wanted to see the fight. And you could see that Randy kind of, you know, I don't want, I don't want to say he lost the locker room, but you know, there there was time for a fresh voice. And uh, Randy, for all the great he's done. He couldn't take them to the next level. Now he, where you know, without Randy, you know, they wouldn't have gotten where they where they got. You know, just in the playoffs, Randy took them there. And I think you know, I'm I'm very appreciative for what he what he did. He held players accountable, which is what we didn't see before that. And you know, he kind of called players out. You know, in press conferences, I love that about Randy. Um, but it kind of got to a point where it was time for a fresh voice. It was time for some new ideas, time for a new direction, and um, we, we hope 
we have the coach in that right now. But, you know, I was just, I was disappointed in the play. Do, do you get bummed uh, after defeats like myself? I mean, even though I'm a journalist or media or whatever, like, there's no doubt now in 2016 – I'm not. I don't work for the Washington Post or Comcast. I don't have to have some like impartiality. You're, you're employed by the. You don't have to have some level-headed kind yeah, of commentary. Like, okay. I work for a fan site. People that listen right. to me are fans. <laughs> People that listen to this podcast right now are are downloading this because they love the Wizards. There's no reason to be like, oh, hey, I don't know. Like, no, I'm pissed when they lose. I'm happy when they win. I'm irrational on both sides, and. I just was curious to see, you know, do you get bummed after tough defeats like myself when they lose to, let's say, the Minnesota Timberwolves in double overtime in that game, which killed me? Terrible, man. Terrible, terrible, terrible. I, I, you know, I get, I get, I get really bummed. I get super bummed out that, you know, you can see, you can see the team giving a game away or you thought they could have played better or this is a team that you're actually supposed to beat, you know, in, in, in our minds. (laughs) But, I get I get ter- excuse me I get terribly uh, disappointed in in after a game after a tough loss because first of all I want to have fun just like everybody I, you know the players the coaches the first your first instinct is to have fun and when you're having fun you want the end result to come out in your favor and when it doesn't happen and when you know that the team isn't playing as well as they should you get bummed out and it's it's kind of hard to you know. It's it's my job to keep everybody in it. It's part of my job to keep everybody in it, keep the crowd involved. And when I can do but so much, and I can't I can't take over what's going on in the court, it gets difficult. And you know, I can I can go back to 2010 and 2011 and 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 12 and those those years where there was little to no there was little to no excitement uh, in game in and game out. There were there was some flashes, but there was you know, the expectations were really low, and those are some those are some tough nights when you know fans are there and and they're sick of it, and you're trying to you're trying to be hey happy go lucky oh John Wall or Bradley B so, fifteen points to the shitty ass team yeah right? it's like who cares <laughs> those are some tough nights to call. and you know during timeouts you know that's that's when people are the happiest. <laughs> And you know, though it, it's difficult. You know, Ralph, you know they're happiest when they get into the T-shirts or the free burritos, oh, right? <laughs> or the Chick Fil A T-shirts, or the Chick Fil A. What's your thoughts on the Chick Fil A? I've came around on the Chick Fil A actually. I I, I, I used to mock it. I used to mock it and make fun of it, and now I find myself supporting it, like not fully, but like okay with it. <laughs> so if we're winning, oh man, it's the greatest thing. I really look forward to it. But if we're losing. It's kind of like because I have to announce it either way if if we get Chick Fil A, and so it's kind of like I have to say free Chick Fil A for everyone. And so if we're losing, that kind of sucks, and I have to kind of temper that. And I, I don't want to do that. Uh, so, it, but if we're winning, I really look forward to, it. and everybody is on their feet and they're cheering and they just love it. I mean, who doesn't want free Chick Fil A? Come on. We just got smoked by the Celtics by 20 points. It gives a shit about free chicken sandwiches. <laughs> and I got, I got, I kind of got called out for it by one of the uh, the major outlets in town for for actually saying that one game. It was like, yeah, we're we're losing. It was actually one of the playoff games, and I kind of felt bad. But you know, I was, I was I'm doing my job. You know, that's what I'm expected to do. 
And and so it was kind of it kind of sucked that we were losing, and it was it was, I think it was one one of the last games of the season, and I had to say free Chick Fil A for everyone. Yeah, it was it kind of it, it sucked, but you know it is what it is. What I've came around on it is that it actually you know we're talking about when they're losing or whatever, but like when the game is close, it matters. Like it does matter if a guy misses a free throw. Like so it's actually it's actually positively impacting the game. Yeah, should fans be cheering more throughout the game? And, and is it weird to see them all of a sudden just scream and yell out of nowhere in the fourth quarter? And you're like, what's happening? It's totally weird. But then when they're screaming and yelling, they're trying to get a guy to miss a free throw to help the team. So that's where I'm like, okay, I'm kind of sold a little bit. Yeah, so it, it kind of works. But, you know, you're thinking, like, where, where were you guys the first three quarters when this guy was at the free throw line? But – Free throws count the most, you know, throughout the game, but of course in the fourth quarter. So, you know, whatever gets them, you know, on their feet and cheering and screaming, um, I'm, I'm all for it. Dude, what about the in-game experience? Like, I know you are involved in all this. Like, what is your thoughts on, like, improvements inside of it? Like, you know, I'm, I'm mocking Chick-fil-A or burritos or T-shirts, but, but I also, like, blog and talk about this stuff a lot. <laughs> because <laughs> in a weird way, like, you'll have your purists will say, like, Oh, let's just focus on the basketball game. I was like, man, that now give me a let me give you a saying. That horse is so way up the barn. Like, like, like we're so over that. Like, this is what people expect. They actually expect yeah. better Wi-Fi and they expect their cell phones to work more. If you want to know the truth, how, how do you entertain? What type of things that you would see for in-game fan experience uh, improvements, or what do you think they do really well? I think I think with the uh, in-game hosts and being you know personable with the crowd and the fans and actually going out there and having, having them, you know, uh, play trivia games and, or find spot the gecko gecko, you know, things like that are, are really fun because it kind of gets the crowd behind them. You know, it, 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 it gets, it, it gets the crowd cheering for their fellow fan. They got plucked out of the crowd. Um, and I think like the, like the Dunkin' Donuts, the Dunkin' Donuts tic-tac-toe thing, I forgot what, what we called it. It's been so long, man. It's been since April. Wow. And it's coming back up. Uh, you know, those things really get the fans involved. Um, you know, I, I look forward to those things because they're fun to watch. Uh, it, 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 it makes the experience better if we're actually winning on the court. But, you know, to break to break away from that and actually uh, – and actually have fun a little bit with uh, with the fans is is is, is great. But you know those, those, that fan interaction is is great. You know, and having the the Circuit Service Dunkers come out in the fourth quarter, uh, those those things are really fun to watch. What how about the Kiss Cam? One of my videos that oh. on YouTube I have a million views on. It was it was actually a Team USA versus Brazil in 2012 exhibition game. I don't know if you worked it or not at Verizon Center. And yeah, I announced that Rocco, the president, Barack Obama is there with Michelle, and she kind of stones him or whatever. I record this on the Jumbotron, and, and then they come back to her and do this video. And granted, it's the president, the first lady, but it's a really funny clip. Now, I've done other done other kiss cams I put on the internet, but I have like hundreds of thousands of views on this on this kiss cam, probably because it's the president. But what are your thoughts on the kiss cam? Like, I think it's funny. I always laugh. I try to record it once in a while. Well, I'll tell you the backstory on that um, because the NBA was actually managing that game and working that game, so we worked directly with the NBA, and they were really nervous. Well, Michelle gave him a bunch of shade too, by the way. 
that's the funny part about the video. Well, that that was that was funny because she didn't know that they were going to be put up on on there, so she was kind of caught off guard. I don't think it was kind of like you know intentional shade. It was kind of like whoa, whoa, whoa! I, I, I didn't I didn't I didn't call for this. Uh, so, but the, the NBA was like, all right, we're not going to announce it. We're just going to put them on because I had to announce everybody else on the kiss cam, which was great. Um, but when, when, when it got to, uh, the president and the first lady, we, we couldn't say anything because we didn't want to cause any controversy. And, and I get that. I, I wouldn't have said anything derogatory or I, I wouldn't have crossed the line at all. I'm not that kind of person, but. You know, they just said they opted out of saying it. Don't don't say anything when when a camera gets on. So she kind of gave him the cold shoulder and it's like, OK, guys, OK, it was it was it was like the talk of the game after that on um, between management. They were like, OK, OK, we got to go back to it. Uh, when, when, when is it going to go? Because Barack got up and went to Barack. Mr. President got up <laughs> and went to uh, went to the bathroom, I guess. Or Michelle got up and somebody left and they said, oh, they're going to come back. They were worried about it. So they they actually came back to it and they said, don't 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 do anything. We just want to do it. We're going to do it at, at, at a timeout. Don't say anything. They need, And they put the camera back on them, what you caught and 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 um and the kiss. But. Kiss Cam is probably up there with one of my favorites. It, it probably is my favorite because it's so impromptu. You don't you don't know when when we're coming, and I get I get to, I get to kind of rag on people a little bit, and that's and and, and people like that. And, and people after the game, you know, people say, "Hey man, I heard what you said." And it's got a, it, it, it's great. And pe- to hear people's reaction to what what you're actually saying and calling people out, and you know, oh, it's your sister. So what? Give her a hug. You know, oh, nice sweater, nice Cosby sweater, buddy. You know, stuff like that. So. My first reaction to every kiss cam is like, yeah, man, he with her? Or is that a sister or a friend? Because <laughs> you know it within like two seconds. Like, you know it within yeah. like a half a second. You're like, yeah, man, sister, uh, coworker, uh, awkward first date. Maybe they're not tender. Who knows? Maybe you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> or or, or then my second favorite is when they do kiss, it's like, ah, things are not well at home. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. My my favorite is when I uh, I get a chance to say, "Hey, um, is it that bad?" You know, stuff like that is is funny. Does her breath stink? Wow, get off that phone. You know, stuff like that. So, and, it, and it's all and, it, and you know that's a part of the job too is ad libbing. You know, there's no script for that, so you really have to go off the cuff and really have to uh, be able to ad lib as a a lot of things throughout the game. I like Ralph when you guys go back to no, they don't pay attention. Then you'll go back to the same people. Oh yeah, basically like just kind of pressure them to kids. <laughs> you know, over the years, that's another thing with uh, uh, that you know, you know, evolving. Like, like you said earlier on, you know, I have a feel of what the guys in the control room are, are, are want to do. So you know, I can say something and 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 they'll react to it. Which is which is good because I'm not I'm not I'm not talking directly to them, but there's kind of this this communication going on between us that I can I can tell by certain camera views where we're going, where we're headed. And I can tell if we're going to come back to a person during kiss cam. So I'll say I'll say, you know, we, we can't stay on a couple too long. That's not kissing. And everybody's saying, oh, kiss her, kiss her, kiss her, kiss her, kiss her, kiss her. And I'll say, you know, oh, don't worry, we'll come back. And, you know, and, and, and definitely so, you know, you know, the, the producer in the back, Quentin will say, well, I'm sure he's telling his guys, say, hey, keep the camera right there. We're coming back to it. And so when we come back, it is, it's always the last person and everybody just, everybody, you can hear the crowd react to it and they just love it when we come back so they can tear them on again. And uh, something normally happens at the end, and 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 it, it's all good, and everything ends with a smile. So we love that. 
No, no, you told me yesterday that you had a meeting with, with the Wizards. Uh, media day is Monday. Training camp starts next week. First preseason game is less than, God, are we almost two weeks out now? I think we're almost less than, less than three weeks, almost two weeks out. I think maybe two weeks tomorrow might be the first preseason game. Ralph, what's your feelings about the upcoming season? What do, you, what do you think the keys are? Or what are you looking forward to? Or what's your thoughts just overall? Well, I'm looking, I'm looking for the uh, key additions. Um, uh, you know, guys like Trey Burke and Jan Mahimi and, 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 and Markeith Morris really getting a full season, uh, under his belt and seeing what Jason Smith is going to do, Andrew Nicholson, you know, the, the, the key, the key additions that, uh, took place in the, uh, offseason and JJ Hickson as well. Uh, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Trey Burke does because we really haven't had a guy like him come off the bench and for all that Ramon Sessions has done, um, averaging actually like 10 points. I think he averaged 10 points last season. I think I can't really remember. Um, but Trey Burke, I really liked him coming out of Michigan and I'm really looking forward to seeing what he can do, uh, spelling John because he actually he has some, some strengths that, uh, uh, Ramon didn't have and that's, uh, um, his ability to shoot outside shots. Uh, so I'm, I'm looking forward to that and hopefully he can start to get uh, some other guys involved. And, of course, Tomas Sedoransky. Can we get official really to pronounce this? Ah, man. Um, um, it's Tomas Sadoransky, right? Sadoransky. Yeah. I, you know what, Adam? I don't want to say it yet because I really haven't. I really, you know, for Tomas, I'm, I'm going to wait until the first preseason game. Right. Uh, I think right. it's October right. 4th. Don't, don't feel bad. Scott Brooks called it, like, three different things or an interview this summer. <laughs> But Scott, you mentioned Scott and, and, and Scott Brooks, you know, he, he's, he's, he's a proven coach um, from where, where he's come from. And, you know, I'm, I'm interested in seeing how he changes the culture. Uh, and not, not only on the court, but in the locker room, you know, there's been a real lack of leadership from players, um, in the locker room and, and, and who, who's going to step up is it going to be, uh, the head coach. Uh, and I think that's where we, where we really missed and kind of people laughed at me at the beginning of last season. Uh, you know, that's where we really missed Paul Pierce. And I think that's why we saw, we had such a good season. Paul Pierce may have not put up the numbers that you would expect him to see or you would have expect to see from him. But Paul was up in age and, you know, he, but he, there's a lot to learn from Paul. There was a lot to learn from Paul. And in the locker room, I think that went unnoticed, uh, his leadership. So I'm, I'm really looking forward to seeing, you know, how Scott, uh, takes on that leadership role, um, uh, with the team and, and who he crowns like, you know, captain other than John you know, that, that can really step and be, step up and be vocal. And put guys in their place, and 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 kind of uh, uh, corral guys uh, uh, that uh, um, you know when times are tough, when t- guys are hanging their head, you know they've kind of pushed through that. I mean, there's one thing to listen to your coach and tell you what's up. There's one thing to have like a teammate tell you when you're playing cards, you're having dinner, right? Or yeah. like after practice, be like, yo, yo, you need to do this, this, and this. Like that yeah. doesn't yeah. It's a lot more than just getting lectured. In front of a screen and watching film. Right. Hey guys, we gotta focus, man. Let's let's focus. This game is coming up. Let, let's let's watch some more film. You know, things things like that. Hey, let's get some extra practice uh, after after practice. Let's get some extra shots up. You know, who who's who's that guy? You know what I mean? 
Definitely. And a couple more questions, and we'll go. Uh, or took you too long, but you've been a hell of a hell of a guest. How damn good is John Wall? Like, like watching John Wall. Like, I don't, like sometimes I try to tell people, like, just watching John Wall on the basketball court is just it's it's amazing. When you talk about like how fast he is, you know, he's fast. You know, he's him and Russell Westbrook. You know, Derrick Rose when he was healthy. But just to see him up close, and you have one of the best views there is. And I was just curious to, to your description when someone says, tell me about what John Wall is like to watch play basketball. I'll tell you this. I'll tell you this. All you have to do is watch the reaction of the opposing team. When John gets the ball and they're like, oh, man, John has a ball and John starts racing. Just watch their reaction and how they how they try to catch up. I mean, the dude is lightning fast. I mean, it's one thing to be fast, but when you have the ball in your hand and you can get up the fo- get up the floor, you know, in, in just a few dribbles and attack the basket the way he can, it really is amazing. And 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 to see opposing players struggle with that and to see the good teams uh try to take that away, um it really is a testament to how fast and how quick he is. And and how much of a threat he is to other teams, and how and how much they have to actually game plan against um, not only other players on a team, but the speed of just John Wall racing up and down the floor. Now, I think I think one thing that John hasn't had in his time with the Wizards is that real athletic big man that can really run the floor with him. Like March can run the floor. But there's only a few guys in the league, you know, I'll use DeAndre Jordan as, as an example, that can really run the floor with the guy like John and, and you know, start a highlight reel. And DeAndre Jordan is one of those guys. And, and I've always looked for for the Wizards to acquire somebody like that. And I know they only come a dime a dozen. But if you, if, if it, it would be even more fun to watch if there were a guy like that that could actually run the floor. And, you, you know, you never know. A guy like that could be on the team. Markeith Morris is, 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 is extremely athletic, but not, not the kind of like jump out the gym kind of guy. You know, Kelly is that guy, but we hope he steps up into that role. Um, I think if we have a player like that, you'll actually see John go even faster. I, I mean, because he knows there's a guy that can go up and get it, that can actually run just as quick as he can, but actually can go up and get it if John just throws it up. And, and, you know, if we have a guy like that and have Brad run into the corners like he can and have shooters run into the corners, I mean, that that poses a real threat to other teams. But John's speed is amazing up front, up close. It's really remarkable. And to see, you know, just a handful of players that can actually match that in the league is says really says something about him. But his his able his his, his ability to, to distribute is what sets him apart from the other fast guys in the league. Other fast guys can run up the floor and, and attack the basket, but John can distribute. John is making other players around him better. That's one of the things that I always harp on or, or bring up about you know John's struggles his second year of the season right before Flip was fired is that he could control that speed, right? Like he'd go, he'd do so mock one fast, end up under the hoop, yep. and then he, his jumper still, he hadn't improved it yet, and so he's, he was struggling so much shooting and then he had to be able to control his speed. And now he's even admitted that once he's able to control his speed, because, dude, when he gets the ball to half court and there's a guy, a guy like him 
He has the ball, like, not even on the other side of the half court. He's on the third point line of the other side, and then it's yeah. one dude. It's, like, over. It's literally, I'm like, this is over. Yeah. Like, it's, it's just a matter of not if he makes the layup or get, makes right. the second one. Like, it's literally over 50 or 60 feet away from the hoop. Yeah, it's it's a race to the basket, and nobody's beating him there. Nobody, and that's and you see that speed come into play even on the defensive end, with him coming behind to block shots. It, it, it's it's amazing how he can creep up and do, and he doesn't have the length of LeBron James, so that's he makes up that length with speed to to make that same move, um, to make that same block on the defensive end. It's it's amazing. It really is amazing. Is there any funny stories you have over your six years? I know that's like a loaded question that could take forever, maybe another hour on a podcast, but anything that stands out from, you know, referees, coaches, players, even the whiz, opposing ones that come to mind when something that's kind of funny and amusing? Yeah, so I'll say, uh, of course, like I told you, I was a big Kevin Garnett fan growing up in high school. <clears throat> and And so his first game... The first game I did, um, I think he was with the Celtics at the time. The first game I did with Kevin, you know, he he does his pregame routine where he comes to to the table and he does his powdered kind of like what Lebr- that's where LeBron James kind of got it from. Uh, he does his powder routine and he and he and he and he, you know, and he slaps his hands and he throws the powder on whoever's in front of him. So. I, I had a flip cam at the time, so I pulled out my flip cam and I discreetly taped it because it, it kind of happened right in front of me, but you know, I guess five feet to the left. And and he gets to the table and he doesn't look at me. He looks at this chalk, puts the chalk in his hand, smacks his hand, and he always opens his arms up wide to release all the powder. So when he released all the powder. It got everywhere, and it got in his face. And then when the when the it, I, I'll say it like this: when the dust settled, he was he looked at me in my he looked at me in my eye and kind of cut his eye at me. He was like, "Yeah, I know you've been waiting for that." And I got it all on tape. And so that was kind of it, it was a moment for me because I'm not I'm not I'm not the one to get um you know uh uh. Uh, what's the word? You know, I'm not. I'm not shocked by celebrities. Uh, my first season, there was no player that I really, wow, see him up close, like Shaq, seeing Shaq up close. Hey, it was Kobe. You know, it really wasn't like that for me. But for Kevin, it was different because uh, we had a history. He just didn't know it. So, so just just videotaping that and having that. What's this recording look like? Is it just chalk going all over your flip cam? <laughs> no, I mean I'm being kind of dramatic with all the chalk going everywhere, but it it was kind of. When he when he cut his eyes at me and he was kind of looking at me out the corner of his eye and because I didn't know he was paying attention to me <laughs> and it was kind of like cool and I, I couldn't I couldn't help but giggle I was like wow <laughs> you got you got that Kevin Garnett like crazy eye look oh yeah it, that you, you know that look he gives when he's talking to himself on the court yeah actually the T Wolves game I referenced earlier it was before the game and him and Allen Anderson were just chilling Kevin Garnett's not playing it's the end of the season. He's not playing, and it was I was in the opposing locker room doing, you know, interviews before the game. Nobody's there. It's similar. Like, there's only a few players maybe that I have that similar feeling, right? And I came over, and there's like Kevin Garnett in sweats pulled up. Him and Kevin, him and Alan Anderson, and they're like on their cell phone, both of them, like talking about some girls or something. <laughs> 
And I was saying, you know, it's like, did I hear this? And it's like, should I take a photo? And then I take a photo. This is weird. And then I came back by 20 minutes later, and they're still there, dude. Like, still talking, because they played together for the Nets. And Alan Anderson wasn't playing for the Wizards. And then I took some, like, grainy, shady photo, like, behind me. That was awful. <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't share it. Wow, there's Kevin Garnett. Like, just, like, yeah. chilly, you know? I don't know. One of those feelings. Ralph, tell the people where they can find you. Uh, obviously, you're the Wizards things. I know you do some PA side gigs, social media. Like, I should promote you. Yeah, so um, they can find me on Twitter, at Ralph the Voice. Find me on Instagram, at Ralph the Voice. Facebook me. Ralph Wesley. <laughs> uh, pretty, pretty simple. You do, do you and again, you know, you do so wedding bar mitzvahs, uh, also uh, uh, ringtones. It sounds like. <laughs> yeah, man. Hey, yeah, I, I'll do ringtones uh, if you want. You know, for for a small price. <laughs> I'll sit in my studio and knock those things out for you. But uh, just so everybody knows as well that you know I'll be missing uh, Friday night games again this year, as has been the case for the last. Uh, ex- Three seasons now, so my you know I haven't been doing uh, Friday night games. Personal decisions, sp- personal spiritual decision. Decision. Uh, I keep uh, the Shabbat. So when people hear Shabbat or the, the Sabbath, they think um, um, I'm Seventh Day Adventist or I'm trying to be Jewish. No, I'm not. I'm not either one of those. I'm just um, uh, I'm a Torah observant believer in, in Messiah. So that that's it. That's that's what it is. So Friday night to Saturday night, uh, I'm not working. Um, so if there's any games like during the day on Saturday, which there aren't, um, I miss as well. So Friday nights and Saturdays, I'm out again. Saturday night games I can do as long as they don't start too early um, in the spring. So uh, that just so people know that. Cool. Yeah, I was I was actually gonna ask you about that, but I didn't know. Yeah. I didn't. Uh, you know, I didn't know how I wanted to go around that. The theater. No, man. I mean, it's fine. So people, you know, I, I don't mind people asking. You know, I'll tell them. Um, and people are always, I come back the next game and people, oh, he missed you, missed you. I'm like, yeah, I know. Thank you. <laughs> I'm here now. That's all that matters. I've had fans or people mention that to me before. Like, where's Ralph at? Like, he's not going to be tonight. I was like, oh, shit, you're right. Like, I'm so focused yeah. on the Wizards bullshit. And I didn't realize that. Like, <laughs> God, they choked another game away. Let me go to the, yeah. let me go to the post game until 1130. Then I have to write about this shit until two in the morning. Uh, <laughs> It sounds like the, the Wizards have been very accommodating to this. Man, they have, man, and I've been very appreciative. Um, you know, when I first brought it to them, uh, I think in 2000, I think it was the first 2013 or 14 season, um, they would say, yeah, we'll, we'll work with you. And I was like, wow, that's great, because I was really nervous asking them about it. And, you know, it's been really a blessing um, to uh, to to work with uh, the Wizards organization, and I, I, I owe my a lot for allowing me to still do my thing and and understanding you know my, my beliefs away from the court. So they've been really accommodating. Yeah, man, I've I've just been in awe of uh, of how nice everybody's been about it. So that's just really cool. I mean, I mean, part of my credibility is criticizing my mental, uh, the coaching, the management, yeah. the ownership. I give them accolades when it's deserved, and I see how some how they treat their employees and. And certain people, and I always give just praise that isn't like blowing smoke, and this is a great example of that. Yeah, and, and I think it's a lot. It has a lot to do with with building relationships over the years. You know, I've known these. I know some of these guys for a long time since about 2007. So building that relationship, and and also you know pretty being pretty decent at what you do, uh, you know they'll keep you around. Well, cool, Ralph. This has been great. 
Uh, dude, better than expected. I thought I'd only have you on for uh, you know thirty, forty-five minutes, and we kept rambling. Yeah, my wife is probably upset right now, but you know it's all good. Yeah, yeah, no, I know. We'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll try. We'll try to. But no, I'd love you to have you back on. But hey, can, can you give? Uh, since I have you, I have to ask. How would you introduce the Pixel Roll Show uh, with Adam again? All right, here we go. And now it's the Pixel and Roll Show with Adam McGinnis. <laughs> See, I should have done that. I should have asked you that right at the beginning because, because Ralph, I do I do intros before this starts. And now, like, I gotta be really good on my intros. So uh, maybe I'll just use that. Maybe I'll just use that instead. But anyway, uh, thank you everyone for uh, joining us here at the Pixel Roll Show. Ralph, you've been great. Thank you so much for your time, and and I'll see you soon at the Verizon Center, man. Yeah, we'll catch up, Adam. Thanks for having me. All right, cool. Hey, everyone. Uh, Covers coming up the media day on Monday night. We'll have a bunch of stuff on the site and some more podcasts coming. So thank you all for listening. I always appreciate your support. And as always, go Wizards. Peace out. I just want to dance. I just want to feel good, good. Could you understand? I'm going to love you like a new hour.